This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to episode number six of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I am, as the guy said, Gordon Firemark, and uh, this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even if they're not specifically podcasting about the law. My guest today is my friend and colleague and, and fellow podcaster, John Skiba, a Phoenix area lawyer who serves consumers, helping them with consumer-related litigation, debt defense, uh, FDCPA matters, and bankruptcies. He started his own solo practice on two different occasions, and in his spare time, whatever that is, he coaches high school football and works on his hobby farm with his six kids and five cows. But we're here to talk about podcasting. John's podcasts are JD Blogger and Consumer Warrior, and we will be talking a little bit about what both of those are in just a couple minutes. So John, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Gordon. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, it's great to great to have you. And and uh, I will let our listeners know that I have been a guest on your podcast, your JD Blogger podcast, in the past, and that was a lot of fun experience for me. So uh, thank you for that. Tell me, what when did you first start uh, podcasting? You know, in in, in preparation for this uh, this interview, I was looking back, and it was actually a little earlier than I thought it was. I and I, I have two podcasts. I guess yeah. I should start off there. I, I have one that's related directly to my law practice. That's the Consumer Warrior mm-hmm. podcast. And then I have the JD Blogger podcast, which is probably my main podcast because I, I I do it more often. You know, I started the Consumer Warrior podcast back in August of 2012. That's when that first episode went live. And then uh, my JD Blogger podcast followed right up a little bit later in December of 2012. So about two years now I've been doing it. Oh, okay. Very cool. And what led you to decide podcasting was something you wanted to do? You know, like you said, I, I started my own law practice on two occasions. I, I must not have got it right the first time. So I, I jumped back out on my own, starting my own practice in May of 2011. And I, you know, I do consumer work. Uh, so I always need a constant stream of clients. And I was looking in ways which I could you know, uh, generate a lot of work uh, using content marketing. And so I'd always been a big blogger. Um, you know, I tried video before, but didn't do much of that. But I was always listening to different podcasts of people who did content marketing, not not specifically in the legal field, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, the Pat Flynn's of the world, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, uh, he, he ran a, a podcast called The Podcast Answer Man. And they talked about different content marketing techniques. And then one day I thought, you know what, I maybe a podcast might be something that would be good to do for my practice. It would give people who are, are dealing with debt issues kind of a, you know, non-scary way to, to find some answers out about some of these problems that they're dealing with. Um, so I, I, I thought, you know, I, I started to kind of, you know, look at research the, the um, technology part of it to see if it's something that I could actually do and put together. And then, uh, like I said, I launched that, that first one there in August of 2012 as initially as a way to really to drive more business to my law practice. Cool. Are you a, uh, a techie geek kind of a guy? Did you do this stuff yourself? Did you set it up on your own or did you have some help or tell, talk about your getting started? 
<laughs> I, I am not a techie guy at all. And, you know, I actually, I think back, I, you know, even when I was in my undergraduate, I don't think I had an email address until my junior year of college. And so I, I didn't have really any background into this. And at one point when I was getting ready to start my uh, law firm, I actually thought I would, you know, try, uh, save some money and try to put together my own website. And I learned real quick <laughs> that I, that is not my skill set at all. I had a, a WordPress, you know, uh, platform and trying to, it didn't work. I, I, I worked for days and got nowhere. So I am not a techie person. I, I, I often find myself in a do it yourself mode just to, you know, just cause frankly, the funds aren't there to spend thousands on a lot of these different projects. Sure. But um, when it came to podcasting, what I did, I found a couple free resources. You know, I'd met, mentioned Cliff Ravenscraft mm -hmm. before. I'd lift, listened to his podcast before. And I found on his website, he had a like a seven-part video tutorial that was free. And I watched all of them. They're like an hour long each. And it kind of walked me through at least, you know, what the equipment was, generally, what, you know, what it would take. And so I started off by with, you know, following those yeah. and they were kind of step-by-step step and weren't too complicated, mm -hmm. uh, bought the equipment. But even after I got all that, I got the equipment and I went through it, everything wasn't working like I wanted it to work. And so I had done all that myself, but at that point I did reach out. I actually hired Cliff for one hour <laughs> to do a <laughs> Skype call with me. And he literally walked me through, you know, turn this knob this way, plug this wire in here. Yeah. And what, once I got it set up, and that's the thing with podcasting. Once you get it set up, you know, it's just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. And it, sure. it hasn't been a, a big, you know, any hurdles at all as far as technology goes. But there was a little bit there to, to get started. It's sort of just like everything we do in the law practice. Once you've do it, done it once, you have a system <laughs> and you do it over and over the same way, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So you've been doing it a couple of years now and you've got one that's in direct support of your of your uh, law practice and another that we should tell everybody the JD blogger podcast is um, a legal marketing uh, topic, basically content around that. And uh, you talk, uh, you started out obviously talking about blogging and, and content marketing in that regard and have sort of evolved that show into talking more about all aspects of legal marketing, video, current episodes about webinars, that kind of stuff. So um, have you found that, podcasting has been a benefit to your law practice in general. And then we'll talk about both of those two shows. Yeah. You know, specifically the consumer warrior podcast, it's benefited my practice um, more, more directly, I would say. And it frankly isn't one that I do a lot of episodes for. I, I kind of treat it a little bit differently than I do my marketing one, which is much more consistent. Mm -hmm. I, I almost use the consumer warrior podcast as one where I can, you know, just expound on a topic that maybe is a little more complex than I could be dealt with in a blog post. Mm -hmm. And the way that that's benefited my practice is, it's hard to measure these things. At least I, I haven't found a great way to do it, but just really the feedback that I get from people who come in for consultations, sure. you know, I, and I, I, I've had multiple people come in and say, Hey, you know, um, I mean, I get comments like, Hey, I feel like I already know you cause I've already listened to, you know, five hours worth of podcasts from mm -hmm. you. And I remember one time I even had a guy come in and he said that he, um, he was listening to, he, he was a night, janitor. And he said he would put on his 
headphones and listen to me all night long, which is, <laughs> I don't know how entertaining that is to <laughs> listen to, you know, talk about bankruptcy and debt issues all night. But he said, he would, you know, he'd look for these new things uh, coming out. So how, how, how had that benefited the practice directly is when people came in to meet with me, essentially they're already sold. You know, it wasn't me trying to uh, sell them on why I would be a good lawyer for them. They already felt that because uh, there had been some kind of connection that had been made uh, just by them listening to me to the point where they just said, you know what, let's, let's make the jump. Let's go in. And uh, so my, my retention rate mm-hmm. on particularly the consumer lawyer one increased uh, significantly. I felt after I started that. Well, yeah, so half the battle of, of uh, marketing a law firm is getting your prospective clients to sort of know, like, and trust you. And and if that is, you know, out of a lot of that is out of the way when they've heard your voice and seen pictures of you smiling at them and and uh, you, you know talking to them in a in a way that makes it, you know you relatable and you they can understand what you're saying. You're not just uh, that lawyer on a pedestal somewhere. All of that it builds up that trust and that knowledge of you and and. Uh, saves you time in the retention process, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I found all of that to be true. And the, those people that come in and mention the podcast, I, I, the retention rate there is almost 100%. Mm. I, I mean, they, it's, it's, it's very high because, like I said, they've, they're already comfortable with me sure. well before they step foot in my office. Mm-hmm. So um, talk a little more about the formats of the, of the shows. Um, you started to, to talk specifically about consumer warriors, since that's the one that supports your practice a bit. You, you mentioned, well, I guess you did. You, you fill me in. Fill, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, the, the consumer warrior format is it's somewhat different. And then I guess let me compare it to my JD Blogger. <clears throat> JD Blogger, which is uh, more of the marketing and me just talking about what I, you know, my, basically my mistakes and the things that I am right and wrong as far as running and marketing my practice. That one has been more of a me just, you know, speaking, uh, you know, just me alone. It's also interviews. And it has also been, I, I try to keep it fairly regular. I, I seem to go in <laughs> six-month uh, spurts of doing great, <laughs> of doing a, literally a weekly episode. So it's every Thursday, you know, a different episode comes out. Um, as opposed to my Consumer Warrior one, which does support the practice more directly, that one, I almost view it more as it's not a show, you know, that people are typically following because uh, unless you have some weird interest in, you know, debt, you know, and bankruptcy law, um, the, the people that need that want to listen to that information, it's usually only for a certain period of time during their, you know, their life. They're, yeah. they're, they have this problem for a limited time period and hopefully me or some other lawyer helps them to get that problem to go away and then they have no need to listen to me. So the way I formatted that podcast, it's more, like I said, I will take a topic that I get a lot of questions on and I will expound on that topic for 30 minutes uh, whether it be, you know, a, what, what they can expect from the bankruptcy process, uh, you know, what can, what can debt collectors do and what they can't do kind of thing. So that one is not so much geared towards trying to get consistent followers of the podcast. It's really more geared toward just being a resource that clients can have once they actually come to my website. And like I said, it, it does a lot of the legwork for me as far as selling why I'm a good lawyer for them. Okay. Great. So what were some of the hurdles that you've had to overcome in getting your shows up and running and continuing them and so on? You know, I, I think everybody worries about the 
technology side of things. And I mean, it, it definitely is. I mean, there's a, there's an initial hurdle there, but like I said, there, there's a ton of resources out there, a lot of free resources that can just take you step by step on how to overcome that. And, you know, the, the equipment isn't that complicated and you can actually do it with fairly, you know, basic equipment. But, you know, I, I think some of the other hurdles um, is really, you know, maybe having the self-confidence to get out there and do it. Um, even those lawyers, we often, you know, speak in public on a fairly regular basis, at least a lot of us do. Um, this is kind of a different format and a different platform. And one thing that, you know, made me a little nervous is, is you, the more you start to do with the content marketing in general, and particularly something like a podcast, the more it is that you're really, you're putting yourself out there, you know, and you're, you're opening yourself up for, for, for criticism. And, you know, I, I even, I remember early on in the JD blogger podcast where I do a lot more interviews, mm-hmm. um, I was reaching out to people, uh, that I thought would be great to have on the show. And I remember I contacted a lawyer, um, who was the, uh, editor of a very, well-known uh, legal blog uh, to have him on. And he agreed. And, you know, I was all excited about that. And then uh, emailed, you know, just some preliminary stuff the day of the, the interview. And he wrote back and said he wasn't going to do it. And uh, I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> he didn't give me any reason. And I said, oh, okay, can we reschedule? Why? And he wrote me back this big email just blasting me saying they didn't think I was any good. And he didn't like the, you know, my format. And he thought that it would have been a big waste of his time. And so <laughs> things like that, I, I guess I shouldn't share. Well, <laughs> share classy those. guy, right? <laughs> yeah, well, and, yeah. I mean, I was kind of like, you know, I mean, so th- there's that aspect of it that you are becoming you know, much more open to these types of things because you're out there, you're doing things that frankly, most lawyers don't do. And so, you know, there's going to be people like that who are detracting from you. Um, But for, you know, that one guy that had a negative response, I've had numerous clients and people that have, that email me every single week to say, you know what, Hey, I love what you do. If I miss an episode, they're like, you know, where in the world are you? Why didn't you put something up this week? And so, uh, there's, I think that can be one of the hurdles that people have to get over is having the confidence to get out there and do it and realizing that, you know, people really are listening to this and, um, you know, being okay with the fact that maybe not everybody's going to think you're super great. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, there's this this notion that if you're not ruffling somebody's feathers, you're not taking enough risks. You're not doing it, <laughs> doing things quite right. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, yeah. You, you know, you appeal to most of the people, and and the detractors prove you're you know onto something. I think so. Um, so talk a little bit about the workflow. How do you prep for the show? What's your recording process? What kind of post production do you do? All that. You know, when you invited me to be on your show, I, I realized that I'm probably not very organized because you see, you appear to be way more organized than I am. And um, I, I think it's, I do a lot of stuff kind of off the cuff as far as just my initial preparations, you know, with, um, with particularly with the JD Blogger uh, podcast where I'm actually having guests on, the first thing I do is try to find a topic that 
frankly, I think is interesting. And I, the places I look for those, <clears throat> I read a lot of the ABA uh, journal magazines. Uh, they have a law practice magazine that's really geared towards small firms. And I'll read through that and I'll find an article I like and I'll find a way to reach out to the authors of those, um, the, of, you know, something in the magazine. Or I found books that I like and I've reached out to, you know, the author of the book. And I'm surprised that nine times out of 10, and actually that one bad experience, that's the only one I've ever had. No one's ever said no other than that person. And so um, <clears throat> that's what I do initially. I find a topic I'm interested in, maybe someone who'd want to discuss it with me. Uh, with the podcast for my practice, um, I find topics, frankly, I, I go to my Google Analytics and I look to see, you know, what are the topics, the blog topics that I'm writing on that are really striking a chord, you know, as far as it's something that a lot of people have interest in. And then I try to expound on that. Um, so I, I do form an outline for each of them as far as what, what are the topics I uh, want to discuss. I, I know, you know, in talking to other podcasters, uh, sometimes a big worry is um, that they, they're not going to know what to say. And so they'll try to write everything down. Uh -huh. um, and I, I admit when, when I first started podcasting, that was a concern of mine. You know, am I going to be able to get up there and essentially speak for a half an hour? Um and you, you get better with time. I mean, I go back and listen to my first episodes and they're not very good. Um, but I, I don't, I, I would not recommend that people try to do that, try to script it completely out. I would just really go more with a, with an outline. And so I'll, I'll outline it. Um, as far as my actual, and I don't know how much detail you want as far as going to my, literally my equipment and all the stuff that I use. Um, as much as I, you I, want to share. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it may be, if for me, I use, uh, I have the high LPR 40 microphone, uh, which a lot of podcasters use. And then I do have a, a little bit different. I think I do run my, uh, everything through a mixer, uh, you know, like one of those little boards with all the twisty knobs on it. Um, and then I record mine directly into a, just a handheld recorder, which is different than a lot of people. I think a lot of people record it directly into their computer, which, I, I don't know if there's really any right or wrong way. I have a feeling my way, particularly as time goes on, is a little more complicated than it needs to be. But it's, a, you know, the workflow is something I'm familiar with and I can do very easily now. So I don't, um, I, I haven't changed, which, you know, maybe that'll change down the road. So I, I, I record it um, and then I do my editing. I use a free program called Audacity, which can be downloaded mm -hmm. online. And... I don't do a whole lot of editing. I do some, uh, particularly if I'm doing an interview, I, I kind of, I want to make my guests look as good as possible. Particularly if I have a guest that's really struggling with long, you know, long, awkward pauses, um, I'll go in there and kind of take some of that out, but I don't do a whole lot. Uh, cause I think that's where you can really get bogged down sure. in this is the, the post-production of trying to put it all together. So I, I just, uh, uh I'll, I'll do some minor editing. I, I do have some, um, you know, an intro and an outro that I have pre-recorded that I, I plug in there. And then I use uh, Libsyn, yeah. which I think uh, most people uh, use for their, to actually host their files. So I'll just upload it to there. And then I do a blog post uh, on my website and in WordPress. Now you can attach it right to that and then launch it and it's, uh, it's out there. So that's, that's generally how I, uh, my workflow as far as the podcast go. Okay. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, you, it sounds like you do have one of the more complex setups, but that, some of that's because you're doing Skype interviews and that necessitates yeah. being a little more um, 
uh, a few more wires and plugins and things like that. Yeah. Um, and and uh, in my uh, law podcasting course, the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course, we do talk about the, the various kinds of setups and so on. So listeners can find out a little more about that uh, a little later on. But um, let's address the big objection, which I think for most lawyers is the time, how much time it's going to take to put together a podcast on a regular basis. Uh, because, you know, getting it out there regularly is is desirable. Although you, you mentioned that with your um, uh, Consumer Warrior podcast, it's it's not as frequent as many shows, but you're putting together this sort of evergreen content that people are going to find when they need it rather than subscribe and listen every week because they are so into <laughs> debt collection stuff, right? So, yeah. But how much time does it take you to put together your average episode, let's say? You know, I actually recorded an episode this morning um, for my JD Blogger podcast. And I, uh, looking at that, I, I, I come in early, you know, I guess it's early for me. I don't know if it is for most lawyers. I came in at 730 in the morning and I, I had I was able to record it, um, do some minor edits and upload it and launch it, publish it by 830. So that was a 30 minute episode. It had about 30 minute of, you know, post-production time. So the actual recording and editing didn't take a whole lot of time. I, you know, if you have a guest, uh, there's the whole arranging for that, which can take a fair amount of time, which though there's like, I think you use an automated system, which I haven't used, which is yeah. great. Cause I think that probably eliminates a lot of the, you know, the emailing back and forth. Uh, and, you know, there was some uh, last night when I was watching TV with my wife, I kind of just jotted an outline of what I wanted to talk about. But, you know, and, th and this is after two years of doing this yeah. that, I, you know, I can crank out an episode in an hour. And so it didn't take a whole lot of time. I can tell you my early ones took much longer. Sure. And the place where I think I got bogged down and where most people get bogged down is the the editing because, you can go through and want to remove every uh -huh, you know pause and that can just that can just suck a lot of time yeah. i think and it, it does take you know if you have a weekly podcast i mean it's something where it's always got to be it was always on, it's always on my mind as far as okay what are we going to do next week mm -hmm. so there's a fair amount of time involved but it's less than you think and once you get your workflow down and you become more comfortable with uh, not only just speaking, you know, the format of speaking in it, but is being more comfortable with mistakes and not having to have it totally perfect. Uh, the, the, it's not too bad. You know, an hour, you know, once a week or yeah. once a month or whatever is not too bad. Well, and let's face it, going and sitting down over lunch with a potential referral source or something like that is a half an hour to get there, an hour for the lunch at least, another half an hour to get back. And you've spoken to one person. Yeah. With a podcast, you spend a couple of hours and you've spoken to potentially thousands of people and impress them with what you do and what you know and how, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. So in terms of return on investment, I think that's something to, re to consider when spending the time. And it's there forever. And, you know, yeah. I think that that's what, you know, some I talk to a lot of attorneys who seem to be concerned about maybe some of the initial costs as far as equipment, which also isn't that much. Right. Um, or they're worried about the the time and, you know, involved. But then at the same point, I see those same people spending thousands, you know, each month on outsourcing all of their uh, you know, their marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I mean, I've seen some solo spending 10,000 a month on things like that, which is, you know, yeah. I, I can't fathom <laughs> dropping that much money on uh, marketing. 
when and you know compared to that this is actually a, a real bargain and like i said the content's there forever i mean i i have episodes back from august of 2012 that people still access every single week uh you know that are influenced by that okay cool so you think it's been worth it you uh, how why do you think it's been effective for you you know i, I think it's been effective i mean one of the reasons i think it's been effective is because i've stuck with it. Although it isn't, it isn't, you know, as consistent as I need it to be. I mean, there, there's usually something going up there, uh, at least monthly. And with the JD blogger podcast, there's, it's going up there much more. And I, I think that's one of the keys for being effective. If you, if you go to iTunes and Google or, you know, put in the little search box, you know, lawyer or legal podcast, you're going to see the, the landscape of iTunes is strewn with the, <laughs> the bodies of old abandoned podcasts because, yeah. uh, you know, people do two or three episodes, but it's been effective for me, um, on a couple levels. One, like I said, is the, the response I get back from clients, right? That that's one of the, my the most rewarding things for me is to have someone come in and that's what they say to me is I feel like I know you, I've listened to you for, you know, X amount of time already. So I, I think that's been very beneficial. And then also just the, the, the people I've met from getting into something that this was totally not my background uh, prior to getting into it as far as the technological stuff. And it's opened up a whole, you know, other world of contacts and resources, other attorneys, you know, like yourself. Yeah. And I, I know attorneys from all over the country now that there's no way I would have known or uh, had a chance to meet uh, if it wasn't for podcasting. Okay. So what would you say your favorite moment from your podcasting experiences has been? You know, it, I don't know if I can boil it down to a, a single moment, but I, I can tell you that my favorite thing about podcasting has been the people I've been able to meet through it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the like, like I said, I, I reach out to people that are really, you know, thought leaders in their particular area mm -hmm. that normally they would have no reason to talk to me. And I, I wouldn't have any reason to talk to them. And I've been able to make... Uh, pretty good relationships with people. I've been surprised at the number of people that I've interviewed over the last couple of years who I still have, you know, it's usually on social media, but I still have some kind of interaction with mm -hmm. on uh, a weekly basis. And so to me, that's been one of the biggest, uh, you know, benefits of this is just the kind of the community that, of lawyers that are involved in it. And I, I think that that's helped me not only on the practice side, but just in general, it's just made life a little bit better to know some of these people. Okay. What's your worst nightmare moment from podcasting? You know, I think <laughs> these always revolve around, uh, technology problems. <laughs> um, I had, uh, she was at, and this wasn't very long ago. So th this tells you that the, these problems don't go away just because you think you have it all down. And maybe that's when they do happen is when you think you have it all down is I had an interview scheduled with a general counsel of a very large company that, uh, I had been trying to get for a while and we had set the interview up and it was, uh, you know, he was there and for some reason I couldn't hear him mm -hmm. and I couldn't get it fixed. And, you know, I tried for a solid 15 minutes to get it fixed. And I, to this day, I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it worked fine for two years yeah. and you know, I, I couldn't keep him any longer. And I'm saying, ah, sorry, I'll have to let you go. And I still haven't got that interview, but that's always my nightmare that I'm going to do it, do an episode like that. And I can't get the technology to work or I'll have some great episode and, 
realize I didn't hit record or something like that, <laughs> but that, that's probably been my worst one so far. Yeah. And it, so in the scheme of things that, you know, the, the, the worst case scenario seems to be for everybody is either you, you don't get the recording you wanted or you can't use it or something like that. And, you know, a little embarrassment and a delay or maybe having to redo things at some point. Yeah. Really not, you know, <laughs> that's not malpractice or anything like that. <laughs> right. So uh, feels like it <laughs> sometimes. Sure. Yeah. So do you recommend podcasting? If someone else was thinking about starting doing this, would this be something you'd say, yeah, go for it? Yeah, you know, I, I would I would highly recommend it. I, I think a couple of reasons. One, I, there's still not a lot of lawyers doing this mm-hmm. and uh, particularly trying to do it to support a practice. Uh, there are, they're becoming more, but the, the field is wide open, uh, you know, and if you are doing a podcast, I, I think that one, they're becoming more accessible. I believe, you know, with iPhones and all the Android devices, it's very easy yeah. for people to access the information now. And I believe they're even coming out in cars either later this year, or maybe they're already out in cars. I don't know. But I know that Apple is uh, in certain vehicles that people are going to be able to access podcasts directly from uh, the vehicle without even a, a phone. So I, I think that it's a good time to get into it. I think that um, there is, you know, like I said, it's just the, the, the ability to reach out and connect with potential clients in a way that is different than anybody else is doing it is uh, the, the opportunity is great there. And, you know, I, another reason I think it's a good thing is, and this is probably gonna make me sound a little bit like uh, some kind of hippie, but it's a, it's a creative outlet, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for attorneys, which, um, you know, initially I, I didn't think about that or expect that, but I found myself, you know, really just enjoying the actual process of putting everything together and trying to figure out ways that I can present this message that I am just you know, something that's going to be receptive to people. And I found it, you know, it's, it's turned into something that was initially something that I only wanted to do for marketing purposes to a, a true hobby. And it's something that's just kind of, you know, I always joke with my wife, she'll say, how, how was work today? And I said, great, I only have 25 more years to go and then I'm done. <laughs> and, you know, it is because sometimes what we do can get kind of monotonous. And this is something that not only builds my practice, but it's something that I, I enjoy. And there's a there's a definitely a creative side to this that I don't think you always get, you know, when you're just, you know, when you're practicing law all day. And you're also providing a service. You're, you're helping people. You know, the, the your JD Blogger podcast is a fantastic resource for lawyers that want to learn more about how to market and get more better clients into their firms. And, uh, you know, and let's face it, we lawyers have a little bit of an ego and it's, it's a way of sort of saying, hey, look at me <laughs> also. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so what advice would you offer a lawyer who's just getting started in this area? Yeah, the first thing I think you really need to really understand who your audience is. You know, are you trying to put together a podcast for other attorneys uh, or are you trying to really reach out to your client base or, you know, other businesses, other professionals? Uh, because I think that's going to impact the way in which you, you present the information and whether you need to do something that's more consistent, like my JD blogger, where that is geared towards uh, other attorneys. And I think it's important for me to build a following. I need to be more consistent. But, uh, you know, the other Consumer Warrior podcast, since it's geared towards my clients, uh, it's something where, like you were talking about, that evergreen content, that's really what I'm going for. So I think that knowing your audience is really going to impact the format. And then I also think just having realistic expectations of, uh, 
maybe the the number of listeners or downloads you're going to get. I, I think a lot of people that get into this uh, area, they 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 start off kind of like I did by listening to maybe some of these people in the non-legal field and they hear about just millions and millions of downloads. And mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know, Gordon, if you have yet, but I haven't reached the million download uh, no. mark yet. <laughs> and just realizing that while there there's a you have a good audience base that um, <clears throat> you shouldn't be frustrated if, you know, particularly with your first few episodes, you know, there's not tons of people out there listening. It mm-hmm. does build with time and you have to get out there and you have to promote it, uh, but not to become frustrated if it's something where immediately you're not getting the return you thought you would. It's more of, a, I think, a, a marathon than a sprint when yeah. it comes to, to podcasting. That's great advice. And, you know, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft has uh, commented on this issue a, a few times, you know, when he talks about people getting frustrated that they don't have enough downloads of their episodes. They're not getting enough listeners. And, and he reminds people, look, how often do you get to stand up in front of an audience? Let's say you've got 50 downloads of your show in a given week. How often do you get to stand in front of a room of 50 people and and demonstrate your expertise and likability and trustworthiness and all those things in a way that you know is going to move them down the pipe toward toward uh, hiring you at some point? And hey, if you've got 1,000 listeners, you know, how often does that happen? With podcasting, you're doing it every week. And yeah, it and it builds and it gains momentum as well. And the, the, as you said, those episodes are there for forever if you want them to be. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that that's terrific advice. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think you know we we would all kill for that. I mean, to have a captive audience, uh, you know, once a week or who once are a month, uh, deeply yeah. interested in what you're doing. I mean, they've taken the trouble to download or press a play button to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, listen, John. Anything else you want to add before we wrap things up? You know, I don't think so. I'm I'm pro podcasting. I, I think it's a great format that I, I think is still coming into its own. And I, I think there's great things for lawyers that are willing to take advantage of it. Well, thank you so much for a terrific interview. I know I've learned a, girl, a lot from you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. So I'm very grateful. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. How can listeners reach you and find your podcast and so on? Give us the, the URLs real quick. Um, you know, my Consumer Warrior podcast is actually housed over at my law firm website, which is uh, my last name, SkibaLaw.com. It's S-K-I-B-A-L-A-W.com. And then the JD Blogger uh, podcast, which, like you said, is geared more towards uh, solo, small firm attorneys. Uh, it's really just me as a non-expert getting out there and kind of saying, hey, here's what I've done, and then trying to interview the experts. And that's over at uh, JD blogger.com. All right. Well, thanks also to the listeners for joining us on the show. Take a moment, please, if you would, to send us your comments and suggestions on the website at lawpodcaster.com. And a review in the iTunes store and anywhere else you can review us would be fantastic and welcome. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. If you are interested in podcasting for your practice, please visit lawpodcasting.com. Sign up and I'll send you my free law podcasting resource guide. I'm launching the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course in just another week or so, and you'll be added to our VIP notification list. And until next time, I'll say keep on podcasting.